0: Hello oh, and welcome to episode 28 of The Figure Podcast. Each week we figure out people, numbers and images of the past, present and future. Lovely to see you. Thanks. <laughs> it was good to see you too. What has this week meant to you? Um, well, this week uh, we saw the death of George H.W. Bush, uh, who is a former US president. And we saw all the former presidents come together for his funeral. And I was just reading a bit about him in The Spectator. And I think something notable to mark about George H.W. Bush, he was actually married to his wife, Barbara Bush, for over 70 years. Whoa. Uh, He served in the U.S. Navy for many years during World War II. At the time that he enlisted, he was the youngest officer, I believe. He enrolled like a week after his 18th birthday. Um, And he he was involved in a very serious accident um, and crash. He was due to bomb, I think it was a japanese radio tower um and they and then they got caught in anti-aircraft fire and it, his uh plane caught fire um and him and two of his other crew had to evacuate and the other two guys parachutes didn't open and he was the only one who did open and then he was like sailing on this like inflatable life raft for hours at sea and then got rescued so wow you know, and, obviously, I didn't know that. and then he was also the director of the cia and was vice president for eight years before his presidency. And obviously his son was also president. Mm. Um, so, and he was known as a moderate Republican. So he was Republican, but he was for abortion. He went against Nixon's economics, um, which were quite harsh and involved low tax. What loan do you tax. mean by Ni- Nixon's economics? Nixon was um, president um, and he was quite right wing um, and kind of cut taxation very heavily. So um, Bush went against, went against that. Went against that. And even though he and and Nixon worked together a lot, there was actually a lot of things they disagreed with. Mm. Um, And he, yeah, he was just, it was just, I just like looking at. History and lives of, of, of different presidents. So that was interesting. Also, when Donald Trump came to the funeral, it was super awkward between him and Obama and Michelle. Look it up because it's quite entertaining. Um, I'll <laughs> have to watch that one. Yes. I also went back to university in every sense of the word this weekend. <laughs> and uh, I, don't, I think when you physically go
1: back, you also mentally and emotionally 100%. go back anyway. It's it was actually really odd. It them. was a
0: really odd adjustment going from like working your usual routine in a professional environment suddenly being around students who don't really care that you work, don't really understand fully what you do, so therefore just treat you like a student again, which is <laughs> fine. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was, good weekend. It, was, it was fun though, yeah, it was good. Mm. What about you?
1: This week has been a lot about thinking about looking after yourself at this time of the year because there is so much happening and I think the crux of it is that Quite often, your expectations are very different from
0: what the reality is, which is the issue on so many things. I completely agree. But you know what? I actually was thinking about this as I was walking around today, and there's all this Christmas hype, and, and I was like, you know what? This year, I'm just gonna be in the moment and not be like, I'm gonna have the best this ever. I'm gonna have the best this ever. We're gonna have the best, 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 best ever. Yeah. I just want to be, and I want to do lots of yoga and. <laughs> and not have a huge expectation. Sorry, I've completely taken over your your point, but I completely agree with you. And I don't know if it's my age, if it's the year 2018, if it's the environment we're in now. I just really think that I would be so much happier if I don't put pressure on Christmas as an entity. And New Year as well. New Year Year has a big pressure as well.
1: so I went to an event at the Waterstones on Gower Street and I saw a talk which was um, hosted by Daisy Buchanan, who has a very good podcast called You're Booked, and she was speaking to Erin Gillies and Bell, who's been the latest guest on Have you Happy Place. Have you no, I haven't listened to it, but obviously I heard her speak and met her at yeah. the event. And what they were talking about mainly on this panel was this idea of the expectations mm-hmm. around Christmas are so high, how do you deal with the... they? both have had social anxiety from the circumstances that they've had in their Mm. lives um and i think it was a really interesting thing to think about and consider at the beginning of december and then going forward and to just remember that you can say no to things and that you can look after yourself and not drink you You don't don't have have to drink drink. if you don't want to drink if you do then fine that's up to you um but that's what I've been thinking about. I had a real binge of Happy Place, where I just listened to three most recent ones. So, Chris Hallinger, she got cancer at twenty three. Yeah. Uh, Russell Brand, whose podcast I'm going to listen to because I loved his episodes He's so much.
0: Ama- and also, if anyone read his book? Um, I really wrote, want to read that. That he wrote about the twelve steps and addiction. It's so good. It's something that I re listen to. All the time. Oh, just is it is an audio book. All audiobook? the time, it's an audio book, and it's because so, him reading it. Oh, and it's just great. It's so good. Well, I think
1: what was so interesting is that it felt very relatable, no matter what you might be addicted or not addicted to, or obsessed with mm. or not obsessed with, or whatever it is, everyone has something yeah. that they will use in a coping mechanism kind
0: of way exactly and that's the problem we've attached addiction to this thing of like oh you're an out of control mess You have to go to rehab and an addict it's like no we all have coping mechanisms all the mm. time and actually a lot of us will use um, alcohol sex food as, as some of our main ones but just because they're they're not impinging our lives doesn't mean that it's not a problem mm-hmm um, or even a certain well.
1: type of thought mm. just thinking something again and again or making mm. up stuff in your head yeah. or, or putting yourself down or, or whatever it is there's patterns of behaviour that we've back to all the time all the time and yeah. i think that the 12 step process can be helpful for anybody
0: regardless of, absolutely of and the therapy, therapy if it's if it's available to you and you're yeah able to afford it it's, it's such a good thing yeah. to do because it it really explores that fully mm-hmm. um and in the Pornobell Bell episode she talks a lot about addiction in re, in a relationship and her um husband took his own life three three years ago and that oh my gosh it's just
1: and she's written a book all about it yeah really really amazing woman to she was so honest on this panel I was Mm. overwhelmed with just how authentic and genuine mm. everything that she was saying in such, and so much strength as well yeah. was really inspiring to see that um, also love the episode with Melanie C who's been on lots of different podcasts in Women's Hour talking mm. about her new book again, very honest by the sounds of mm-hmm. it it sounds like an interesting one to pick up so many books I want to read absolutely <laughs> also still loving Michelle Obama's biography have it and it's brilliant. have you? Mm-hmm. I'm almost there I'm I am just, just
0: non-stop, it was all I was doing for such every commute anything any time i would purposely walk longer routes so i could Oh longer my gosh and i'm so sad cuz you've done over. audiobook right? right okay
1: so i've been reading a physical yeah. book i love it i have also been enjoying some very good films this weekend oh um, which films ladybird so late to the party <laughs>
0: what did you think of it i thought it was really interesting see cuz i thought i have an up and down relationship with my mom sometimes but my mum absolutely is my total ride or die. Like, she will do anything for me. I will do anything for her. We're so close. And I know that she she's just, like, my biggest champion and supporter. Whereas in Lady Bird, I was watching them, there were aspects of it where I thought, oh, God, I so relate to that. But there were some points where I just thought, God, the mum really doesn't like her that much. Well, there's that brilliant scene where the
1: ladybird the girl says to her mum do you like me and her mum responds i love you but liking someone and loving somebody there is a distinction there
0: i found that really painful and then i was like i don't really relate to that anymore actually because i know my mum likes me and i like Mm. my mum what about you did you relate to it
1: uh i think that every daughter will relate to aspects of that film i think i didn't really think of it in terms of that personal mm. way that's not really why I enjoyed it it was just good acting good storyline and a relationship that became the drama that you don't often see there's so few
0: yeah it's true it's always male females isn't
1: it it's all it's normally male female there's a lot of father daughter you see this in Shakespeare there's so few mothers in Shakespeare mm. and they're always sidelined and you never get a narrative around it and I thought that was what was so interesting about it um, and I also have been keeping up with Strictly Come Dancing, which is one of my
0: like. best ways of looking after myself. Isn't it the best? It's the best. That is the best. Who do you want to win? Stacey. Fair. I want Stacey or Joe. I love Joe. I really? I think he's really good.
1: Yeah, of course. Do you think he'll dye his hair
0: red? Yes. He,
1: I'm really looking forward to seeing that. the first figure that we are going to be talking about this week is alan turing and the reason that we've chosen to talk about him this week is firstly i went to bletchley park at the weekend so jealous which was so interesting yeah i just i quite like going to places where really brilliant films have been done but also just all of the
0: history scene, all of the, the history spies. Like, like the scenes. spies the traditional <clears> sense when you- Think of them in that house. You would in have loved it. It's just, oh, it's they have all the
1: letters. They have the original machines. They have the like, the typewriters that the that was used, and wow. they explore things like what it was like for these ten thousand employees. Through three quarters of them were women, and wow. what their life was like. The everyday yeah. life yeah. of because that's so interesting. Isn't it's it? so interesting, and the. Uh, recreational club that was created to try and boost the morale a little Mm. bit because it was just constant non-stop transcribing of all of these dot dash messages and you couldn't take your eye off the ball because if you did then you'd lose it and then you'd mess up the whole thing and you also couldn't even think about what it was meaning most people working there would just have to be hearing what they're hearing and then just typing 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 typing. because if you stopped to try and work out what it was or think about it then you'd lose your track so oh it was just so monotonous in some ways but some people really loved it they just they did save so many lives and it's believed that the work that everybody did at Bletchley Park shortened the war by two years
0: Oh my gosh, that is a huge amount of life saved.
1: And I think the other thing that I did this weekend that really made me realise the significance of that is that I watched Dunkirk, finally.
0: Again, late to the party on that. It's so moving. It's so moving. I didn't even know that we didn't have enough boats and there were literally these guys on fishermen's boats. And my father's uncle, Jim, was shot down on his plane. And when I was watching this film, and you know the character who's in the plane and something happens to him at the end, I I literally felt very teary um, when it finished because I just thought, gosh. I felt teary throughout the entire thing. I know, but but that particular part, like that just, that particular Mm. drawer, I was like, wow. Um, And like we talked about with Teddy, in Teddy's episode, everyone is connected to World War II and that's why it's so significant. But I just thought that really gives you an insight of what it must have been like in there. It's
1: like a sliver of the reality of what it was like that is so awful that it's just incomprehensible. And even that film, which is extraordinary, that's still not Mm. bad enough, which is just what I find so hard to process. And Mm. I watched it in the afternoon, love watching films in the afternoon, but I'm really glad I did because I think if I'd watched that just before I went to bed, it would have been so hard to... Switch, it's just so hard to get your head around. And it is a, it's a a—it's a very traumatic film to watch mm-hmm. because it's so based on real life and it just hits home of what everybody went through. the The other interesting thing I've liked doing on the back of this is looking at how accurate the imitation game is, which is one of my favourite films, mm-hmm. is in comparison to how it actually was. Mm-hmm. So things like the scene where they have to decide whether to save the people who are going to be hit or not because then the germans would know that they'd broken enigma those kind of decisions
0: apparently happened all the time Can we, could you explain that for someone who hasn't so i know far? i was i was saying yeah. that and i was
1: just thinking no one's gonna I uh, have any <laughs> idea what i'm talking about so alan turing was a uh, computer scientist some say the father of computer science yeah code breaker mm-hmm. philosopher mathematician mm-hmm. Absolute genius. Went to
0: Sherbourne School and then... Got a scholarship Cambridge. Yep, scholarship to Cambridge. Also went to Princeton for a year, fun fact.
1: Ah, great, fun yeah. fact, thank you. <laughs> and he was one of the leading codebreakers who worked out how to break Enigma, which was a way of encrypting messages that the Germans developed so that nobody would be able to intercept it and so that they could plan their routes of the, I think, the planes as well as the boats. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think because of everything, we're, because really. we're an island and we have a big navy, the boats obviously were something that was super important for mm-hmm.
1: us to, mm-hmm. to crack. So this machine had 26 rotors, so the 26 letters of the alphabet would be jumbled up to other ones. And this basically meant there were 159 million, million, million possibilities. (gasps) No. Yeah. So that's more... If you think of that in a tangible way, this is what really blew my mind. That number of possibilities is more than the seconds there have been since the universe began. (laughs) So this is the problem that they were faced with.
0: Oh my God. Yeah,
1: and and Alan Turing and his team developed a machine called the bomb machine it was not called Christopher as it is in the film yeah Christopher O M B E right mm-hmm. bomb yeah which was nicknamed victory okay. um, the christopher name came from kind of well a crush that he had had as a young boy yeah and christopher his very good friend he was very good at maths who encouraged alan turing to get into maths died when he was very young mm. from tb i think mm-hmm. Um, So that's true, but the name of the machine was never Christopher. They kind of added that to dramatise it. Um, The other things that weren't true were that Joan Clarke, who was actually engaged to Alan Turing... So this is the character played by Kira Knightley, and she was the only woman of ten people who worked on making the bomb machine to break Enigma. Mm. Um, She got into Bletchley Park through a recommendation from her tutor, because she was very good at maths. They didn't have the whole crossword puzzle recruiting scene, which is one of the earlier scenes in the imitation Mm. game. However, there was somebody who did that. She was called Clarabel Sperling. That's a great name. And she was one of the only people to break this so-called unsolvable puzzle Oh, and then they offered her a job. But mm-hmm. I think that was in World
0: War I rather than World War II. So what is, is the significance of, of Alan Shearing? And I think with this case, what I found so moving when I was looking into it was how remarkable this man was. And his service to his country was absolutely phenomenal. And yet he was arrested in 1954 for being gay. It was a crime. No,
1: he was arrested in 1952, 52, and he committed okay. suicide in 1954. Okay,
0: yes. So, was, or they
1: think he did. Was,
0: yeah. Um, and I have an interesting, weird, fun fact about that. Um, so he was given the choice, I believe, between imprisonment or chemical castration. And he chose chemical castration and was undergoing that, in which he had to take a lot of oestrogen. And,
1: and this was partly a decision in order to keep his... Work going? Yeah, of
0: course. Because if you're in prison, yeah.
1: But the other interesting thing about his passion for computer science and machines was that when his friend Christopher died at such Mm. a young age, he wanted to know about the possibility of living on without a body, and the idea of the soul surviving after death. And the whole idea of machines having intelligence, and the uh, this question, can a machine think, mm. which we are still working on and is still I in know. the future today. Like Seventy years later. Yeah, that is all stemming partly back from this relationship or this love that he had for this young boy, Christopher. Mm. So interesting.
0: It is interesting, and I, and I and and he so he so he underwent oestrogen ca- ca- um, chemical castration. Chemical castration. And they, I was listening, it was a BBC profile on him. And they were talking about how he and his, a colleague of his loved to go to the... So he continued to work in Cambridge, obviously, after the war. And him and a colleague used to love going to the cinema there. And one of his favourite films was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, And he was very really obsessed with the story and really liked the story. And he was very intrigued as to how, you know, the character of Snow White dies and all of that. So actually, he killed himself when they found his body, there was an apple next to his body with a bite taken out of it and it was an apple doused in cyanide.
1: I knew about the apple and the cyanide. I didn't know that it was connected to Snow White. I
0: know. Oh my god! And some people even suspect, like people who were close to him, that actually, given that he was having so much oestrogen, it used to give him really violent mood swings. Surprise, surprise. And yet we take the pill. Anyway. um, He used to get really violent mood swings on this estrogen and some people thought it might have just been mm. as part of that mm. I personally think that you know when I first saw the film and first heard about him I thought you know what if you are going to be chemically castrated I would also rather die yeah. too yeah
1: well the other interesting thing that I found out about the film is that they filmed the suicide scene and then they decided not to include it and I think that was absolutely the right decision yeah. and Benedict Cumberbatch talking about Alan Turing is one of my favourite things this actor has so much admiration for the character Mm. that he's playing and he's Mm. so passionate about telling the story Mm. and he talks about how they wanted to end on this note that alan turing didn't actually get in his lifetime that it's the the people who what's that quote it's the people who no one imagines anything of do things that you could never imagine yes I love that quote. And that's what they wanted the driving message to be, and that's what it ends on. And
0: not to leave you with the image of him killing himself. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and and that his legacy lives on, absolutely. I think, is the and other aspect so of it. And that so good in highlighting his work, because I don't think that we would know nearly as much about him. And he was officially pardoned by the Queen in 2013.
1: Yeah, he was. Um, he was gross of... indecency was gross, his gross crime. Indecency. In yeah. inverted commas, um, but and the other reason that we want to talk about him this week is that there have been um, petitions of who should be on the next fifty pound banknote. Yes. Alan Turing, Alan Turing, or Ada Lovelace, or Alexander Graham Bell, or Stephen Hawking, or Alexander Fleming, or Rosalind Franklin. Ooh, Franklin I There've been softball. a lot of different people nominated, um, but there's a petition online, and you, I think that it's still open, so you can nominate different scientists to go on the new plastic fifty-pound note.
0: Oh, wow. fancy that! We'll have mm. plastic money. <laughs> we already do. <laughs> Second figure for this week's episode is that one in 200 people in the UK are homeless and we wanted to talk about this because in a time where it's winter, Christmas, everyone's quite busy and rushing around, there's a lot of decadence and a lot of overdoing it. Actually this is a problem that is true all, through all times of the year but in the win- in the winter it's really... Because it's a, for
1: so many people, it's about spending time with their nearest and dearest and their yeah, family and, and their friends. friends and celebrating and looking forward to the new year and yeah. it's it's an exciting time. It's lots of parties, but mm. actually, it should a huge part of Christmas is about charity and thinking about other people who are not yeah. as fortunate as yourself and yeah. then
0: doing things like actions speak louder That's, than words. Absolutely, and I think this was really highlighted. I first found out about. Uh, a charity called Streetlink in March of this year when we had the snow. There were so many rough sleepers that were just in the freezing snow. Mm. Um, And it's an app that basically if you see someone who's sleeping rough, you report all their details and it sends an alert to this charity and they come and rescue them, take them to a hostel, Um, which I just loved. I didn't know about that. Such a good app. Such a good
1: initiative. Yeah. The other ones that I found out about this year that I absolutely love what they're doing tap london yeah yeah so they have uh 35 points all over london yeah one is
0: next to my office
1: which is great I think there's one at Spitalfields, so I'm oh, going to awesome. go and do that one lunchtime. Um, you can tap your contactless card on one of these points, and then £3 is automatically donated to the London Homeless Charities Group, mm-hmm. which includes 22 different charities that work across London. Yeah. And that includes people like Crisis and Shelter. Centrepoint. And Centrepoint, um, Homeless Link. There's a whole there's loads, load, of load of them. them big issue um, as and they've well.
0: raised i think it says they've raised about seven thousand four hundred and seven pounds so far and they've had two thousand four hundred sixty nine taps
1: and they haven't been going for very long they've no, just done a at big all.
0: relaunch of their website so mm. definitely have
1: a look at them look out for some tap london points if yep. you're in london absolutely um and speaking of the big issue they have backed another genius social enterprise called change please mm-hmm. and they have coffee vans again in london And they train people who are homeless to become baristas. Mm -hmm. And then the coffee, which obviously costs, what, £2-ish, which people are spending money on all the time, Mm -hmm. that is going to supporting people, getting them off the streets, giving them the skills that they need to have employment. And I just really like the
0: sustainable aspect of that. So it's by Homeless people reha- for homeless yeah. people, it's rehabilitating as well, and mm-hmm. they'll be learning skills. Same thing that ha- similar concept at the Clink restaurant, um, which is in Brixton. Um, and I think tell me about it's that, South Bank, and that is a restaurant that is run by uh prisoners. Um, oh, right, some of the, I think they're like lower security, but you know, they've been in, in prison for maybe like you know, god, from like one to ten years, and they run this restaurant. Customers come in, members of the public. And that's a really great way for them to also build up their CV and be employed and they earn money and, mm. and, and those sorts of mm-hmm. things. Like, that's so great. Yeah,
1: brilliant. And the, uh,
0: the final one that I found
1: out about is called uh, Crack and Cider. Okay. And the reason that it's called Crack and Cider is that I think the founders had a conversation with a homeless man mm-hmm. who said that nobody gives him any money because everyone thinks they're going to spend it on Crack
0: and Cider. And actually, to be fair, that's exactly the narrative I grew up with
1: yeah i think you know, it's what members of lots my family were people...
0: just like don't give you know they're just going to spend it on
1: well i think it's part crack of it or it's, the equivalent it's part of why street link and those sorts of apps and projects are really important because if people mm. are worried about what they should or shouldn't do to help people who are on the streets reporting them obviously mm. is a great thing to do mm-hmm. And then if they want to give them sandwich or soup or tea or whatever, you can do that. If you want to give them money, that's again, it's your choice. One stat that I was reading is that seven in 10 people don't actually know what they should do when they see somebody who's homeless. And that 61 people feel angry or frustrated, but they don't think that they can do anything to help. I really relate to both of those. Yeah, I do. Because I feel so uncomfortable whenever I see somebody, especially if somebody comes into the tube and they walk up and down, mm. and I just think the bravery of those people, so often I just don't have any cash and I don't like carrying no. cash with me. No. I could carry it for the sole purpose of giving it to people mm. who ask for it and who need it, but that I think that TAP has found a modern solution to Definitely. this cashless society Definitely. issue.
0: And there'll just be more of them around now because yeah. everyone has a card. Yeah, so. exactly. And...
1: I think also the issue of people thinking, well, maybe they are going to buy crack and cider and I don't want to facilitate that. Definitely. So if you give it directly to the charities, they are providing food, mm. shelter, warmth, blankets, mm. jackets, everything that they need to survive. Yeah. And I think that obviously you've got charities now like Change Please, which are helping people learn the skills and
0: the employment that is going to get them out of that cycle and, um, The Pret Foundation is another example that mm-hmm. are really amazing, employing people who have been homeless or have been sleeping rough they have so many employees that come through them and train in their academy they put like different examples on their Instagram a lot um, And of course all their food at the end of the day is donated to to homeless Mm. shelters and that's really good. The Felix Project is another one
1: to highlight at this
0: point. So we
1: volunteered for them twice now. Mm -hmm. And um, for anybody who doesn't know or didn't listen to that episode, they are a project that takes food from supermarkets or cafes or coffee shops, restaurants that hasn't been eaten. And then the volunteers collect it and then they donate it to different homeless shelters, hostels, throughout London. Yeah. And it's such a humbling thing to do. I really encourage anybody who can find a spare evening a month to
0: Absolutely. sign up. Sign up takes so little Absolutely. time. It's so easy. I would do it more actually if I had more time, which I hate that phrase, so I'm gonna try and do it more in the new year because it's actually really easy for us to do, it's quite fun. And yeah, like for us isn't fun to just drive around in this really cool green van. Um it and actually van We're really trying to facilitate um, Mm. people being fed, so it's really important.
1: I've also realised I didn't say what crack and cider do. Um, You can basically buy jackets for the homeless or a backpack through this website okay? and then they will donate it and pass it on to the people who need it.
0: Oh, fantastic. Mm. I just love that it's called crack and cider.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting, isn't it? (laughs) such a good story. (laughs) The third figure that we're going to be talking about today is an image that georgia highlighted to me through instagram it was on bbc news and
0: it's they have a great insta by the way i should follow them they have so many cool things all the time uh
1: it's an image of 400 young girls graduating in kandahar in afghanistan and they're all wearing really really beautiful it's not called burqas is it it's so a nicarb, Niqab. Yeah. Um, and then they've got their graduation hats over the top. Yeah.
0: So you can't see anything other than their eyes. Um, and they're sort of purple. And then their graduation caps are just black with purple ribbon around them. And I what just... What was it
1: that jumped out so much at you? Because
0: I'd never seen a graduation cap on someone who had a nicarb, And I think I feel very conflicted when it comes to something like a niqab or some of the practices in islam generally because i think that covering up a woman or not allowing her to learn or work or drive or any of those things is absolutely diabolical and inhumane yet we're seeing a kind of oxymoron what i thought it was an oxymoron in Mm. this image and also how we talk a lot about there are a lot of women who are part you know who have a muslim faith who say that they you know, they choose to wear mm. a niqab and they choose to have these practices and that's that's their religion. Mm. Um,
1: I think the thing I'd say is... And I is, just
0: find it really interesting. It's it's yeah, triggering. It's a triggering photo.
1: It is. It was featured actually on The Guardian as one of the best photos of the day. Mm. And I think what I'd say is that it's not necessarily Islam, which is part of this, the way that they're, that women are treated in these countries but it's the people who practice islam and then it's kind of the same thing well i don't know because i was listening to malala speak to oprah winfrey um Mm. earlier on super soul conversations Mm. and oprah asked her about what she how she feels as a muslim woman Mm. and malala says that for her islam is the practice of kindness being calm and
0: helping other people yeah and I would say that same for Christianity. Yeah, I think that's it's the cool. fundamentals
1: of all religions, yeah. that there are certain people who are more interested in the power than they are right. the faith. Right. And that's where we have the issues of right. so few women in Afghanistan who are given an education. Right. The illiteracy rate for women is 87%. Mm. However, we've got positive things such as an increase from 200 or 400 girls graduating last year to 800 girls. So this must be a huge majority of the number of girls who are graduating from anywhere in Afghanistan. Yeah. But 60% of them leave before they graduate. Yeah, wow. So there are so many child brides, you've got young families, and this is what Malala says that she was so afraid of in terms of her country, which is Pakistan, not Afghanistan. Um. This idea that she would not have an education and then her whole life would be about her family's traditions. And mm-hmm. it's not to say that she doesn't want to have that at some point, mm. but the,
0: the fear was of not being educated. But surely if that's a practice that's taking place in certain extreme parts of Islam, then as in terms of a religion, then surely that's the sort of thing that needs to change, not necessarily like mm. it's it, it, i feel like the line is blurred between yeah it is it's really
1: complicated the officials
0: that are doing all of it, these people who have all the power and then the religion itself and they're conflated between the two mm. um and it's i just i find it really i don't know i just don't know how to what to think of it and i see like for example if i see a woman in the gym and she's working out and she has um nike make these uh, like burqa burkas where you work you can work out in them and mm-hmm. i just every time i see one i'm like yes good <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely strong get really powerful love it and i don't even know if she even thinks that about herself and i'm just there like secretly cheering her on because i just feel so strongly that women should never have to feel like they need to cover up um yeah but i don't know if i'm missing the point here of mean veering off topic but that was again one of the reasons it was triggering for me
1: it's such a difficult thing to try and come to terms with of different conflicting views that you might have about women that they should be able to make their own choices and many women say that that is their choice to wear this right but
0: is it or are they been have
1: they been conditioned to think exactly is it internalized misogyny in the same way that um, this is sounds like a really weird comparison. No, but I know
0: what you're t- about to say. But yes, shaving your legs. Yeah, 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 yeah. or anything <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, and I, I'm not trying to belittle a religious tradition, but I'm just saying that that could be something that is seen as normal. Dang you could it. say, oh, sex before marriage. Okay, I completely that that aligns with everything the Bible teaches us, or homosexuality is wrong. Again, that aligns with everything the Bible says, and I just want to follow Christianity and my Christian values. So therefore, I'm going to do these things. Actually.
1: It's really no, yeah. It's hard.
0: To, it's hard to unpick what you think is mm. normal
1: or right when you've haven't known ever different. Yeah, definitely. Exactly what
0: I. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think this image is particularly yeah,
1: because this startling and this is a pop culture representation. in the city when they go to mm. Abu Dhabi mm-hmm. and they've got the scene where the girl is eating chips and she's lifting up her fail every single time she's taking a bite and they're all just mesmerised they're just all thinking what is this because they talk about in that film how it looks as though you're trying to take women's voices away yeah And that plays out in so many other ways that women are treated by people in their society.
0: And then they have that scene when they go into that club and then you have all the women, the belly dancers and you're like, there's a loophole there. Yeah. And actually that is so true of all extremist, and I can say this hand on heart, all extreme systems, there's always going to be people who corrupt that, or there are Mm. loopholes or, Mm. you know, like The Handmaid's Tale, they have this whole underground, like society where women are able to be I don't know topless or whatever and be seductive and all of this stuff and it's mm. like okay well that's just
1: but then you also you also it? have the scene where they are all beautifully dressed in couture it's something that I hadn't ever seen yeah. or considered before I saw that film yeah. basically and in that moment it feels very empowering yeah that it's this secret Mm. private aspect of them the way mm. that they express themselves and it only is for their closest family and friends mm. um it's just it's a very difficult thing to come to any
0: resolution on for me yeah me too and actually when I was growing up I just accepted it as normal I remember my mum explaining it to me and now I just think and I don't know if my view would change again but I just think Oh, just so I just so can't mm. it's something agree. that I would really
1: like to talk to people more about yeah. but I feel that it's such a taboo yeah. that I don't ever know how to bring up that well there's question. a great there's a
0: great TED talk about it um and the speaker talks about actually the section of the Quran that talks about women covering up and she said it's literally like a sentence or two and the reason that they were meant to cover up is in ancient Arabia I suppose uh, women going out of the city walls to get water at night, if they didn't cover their whole body, then they were prone to rape. And it was literally just to protect them. Mm-hmm. And, and But then, then you this think, is used as an excuse. Uh, it's, people, people will sorry, say, well, so the men Sorry, so why are we can't... now in the 21st century where we have, you know, we don't live inside yeah. necessarily a castle that <laughs> then women are covered up all the time? Like, but people will say, well, the men are...
1: You know they are so lustful of certain women. This is mm. like such a huge generalisation that I've heard mm. thrown around as a pro yeah. covering up. I know, and I, I was, just think yeah. that's that's not that's not what it's about. No, you no, can't just
0: I know. react and, 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 and to I...
1: people's attitudes because they're absolutely
0: by taking away your own freedom of expression. Absolutely, and I, I I was talking to a colleague about this last week, and he just couldn't understand people's argument for being covered up or not drinking too we we're talking about you know women going out and wearing revealing clothing and drinking too much and basically not having control of like themselves or whatever he was like i just can't understand why people would conflate a woman who is we- wearing too little clothing and maybe too you know very very drunk and how that somehow makes it okay like in any way for her to be taken advantage of, there's literally no correlation between the two. There's li- there's literally no way that you could even equate that. And I was like, oh my God, I've never heard someone put it so simply. Yeah. And I think it's the same in the sense that, sorry, men can be as lustful as they want me to just... Yeah get I think control it's of themselves like, that's that, not a good example. Yeah. that's not a good excuse
1: at all it's because I wish that anywhere in the world you could walk around in anything no, and no. this applies to people who are naked. trans or yeah. homosexual or yeah. heterosexual or female or male or whatever yeah. it is absolutely. you can wear whatever you want no one should be able to touch you and no one should be able to yeah. touch you that's what I wish would exist throughout the entire world absolutely but it's just so 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 far from that mm. <laughs>
0: much for listening to this week's episode of the figure podcast and thank you to everyone who i've met in the last week who has personally expressed how much they are enjoying it It honestly is so lovely to hear it makes such a
1: difference it really and thank does you thank for you your so support. Much. and and throughout the whole year yeah, what a
0: year! I, I can't believe this time last year we didn't even have even a podcast this can't. time last year
1: we went to New Year's <laughs> together, and we put we did the Russian tradition. This is a great little anecdote for the, the. Yes. So we did Russian Russian tradition of New Year, which is that you write a wish for the coming year, you burn it, and you put it in a glass of champagne and drink it, which slightly ruins the champagne, but it's quite a fun process. Yeah, it's fun. And we both put starting a podcast. Mm.
0: We did. Oh, thank God! And um, here we are. And here we are. So, as usual, you can contact us at thefigurepodcast at gmail.com and you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at figurepodcast. I've been very lax on my Instagramming, and Charlotte has just been amazing and taken <laughs> um, taken the baton for me. But I will be back um, and on it. So you can check out anything that we're talking about, and also just post the things we're interested in. Send during us the week. questions. Send yeah. us a
1: comment. Until next week.
0: (laughs) Bye-bye.